Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Thanks for coming to church. I love you. Love this church. Love the worship team. Worship team, thank you. Uh, we are not worshiping Easter eggs. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, we're praying for next Saturday. Come on out and uh, just be a part of it. Amen. Today is the day. This is your year to uh, be used by God. And uh, you've never experienced something until you've experienced it. It's deep. I came here to philosophize with you this morning. And uh, a lot of times people, you know, we, we, we hold back because we've never you know, we've never preached the gospel. We've never talked to someone. And it's easy. It's fun. It's awesome. And uh, I know you've never heard that word in church. It's awesome. Uh, but God is awesome. And, I mean, come out. Come out. Sign up. And invite people to church. Amen. Statistically, uh, when you invite people to church, especially on Easter, man, they come. And uh, let's be used by God. 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 Let's be used by God this year to preach the gospel and invite people to church. I've been talking like since 6 in the morning. So somehow I lost my pipes here early on. But I'm going to preach the word. We're going to get a hold of some faith and have just an incredible week as we get ready to celebrate uh, really what is the pinnacle of the Christian calendar. And what's cool, also the secular calendar, they merge. And uh, it's pretty exciting to be able to preach the gospel in a country that is free. And all we really have to experience is sometimes a slight bit of awkward pressure. But the truth of it is people are hungry for God. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, people are hungry for God. And so step out, preach the gospel, and uh, people are coming to Jesus all over the world, and especially right here in the Pacific Northwest. Amen? God is moving. I got one more message for you out of this series. Let's go to the book of Genesis, and we're going to read a little bit in Chronicles, and uh, we're going to get right to it this morning. Thank you, production team. There's a few more lights. You guys worked hard. Thank you so much for helping us uh, this isn't about looking cool. It's really about atmosphere and uh, being able to uh, have an expression that is us and uh, being able to praise and worship. And you don't need lights and you don't need anything. Uh, but that's not really our perspective in life. What is the least amount of stuff we can have to enjoy life? Sometimes our Christianity becomes that. I don't need to go to church. Well, I don't need to date my wife. Um, but why is that our perspective? Where did that come from? Well, we've been lied to by the enemy, not to blame everything on Satan here, but when you find the origin of lies, um, you got to uproot it and say, God, show me truth. One of the most dangerous things that can happen is when a lie becomes your truth. I don't mean to get into controversy or anything like that, uh, but you, you hear a lot right now, you know, what's your truth? Speak your truth. And I guess I understand what people are saying, trying to be honest and trying to, to, to start with where they are, which I think is cool. But the truth of it is, there's only one truth, and, and we're headed towards the Word of God. And that's really all that we need this morning. And so a lot of us have the perspective of, God, speak to me this morning. Let's turn that into more of a biblical phrase, which is, hold on, God, you're speaking. Help me listen. Let's stop blaming God. And let's just say, God, you know, you know why we talk about victimization a lot? 
especially in this church, you know, when you might be a victim. But the truth of it is, is only you miss out on being a victim. That's why we have to break it and be bold with preaching the word of God and preaching the gospel. Amen? Because if you get offended and you stop and you get outside of church, the truth of it is, is I'll miss you. A lot of times, I don't even know, though, when someone drifts. Um, and, and who's really missing out is, is, and that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to isolate you from community. Amen? And so don't do that and volunteer at the Easter egg hunt. Amen. All right. Genesis chapter 3. That's, that's my last plug. All right. I'll just encourage you this morning. Here we go. Genesis chapter 3. Are you ready? Are you ready? Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, 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 she took of its fruit and ate. Eve was making a good decision, right? Eve was not worshiping the devil. She wasn't playing with a Ouija board. She wasn't getting weird. What was she doing? She was doing something good, right? Where you at? You here? Where's my Jesus people? Okay. You drifted for a second. You dr- I saw that in your eyes, Brandon. Come back. The water's warm. I welcome you back. Here we go. Here we go. She was doing something good. Anybody trying to do something good? Okay, this message is for you. This is good. Let's also look at something good. First Chronicles. Oh, you didn't think I was going to go there. We're going there. First Chronicles 13, chapter 1. First Chronicles 13, chapter 1. Then David consulted with the captains of thousands and of hundreds and with every leader. David said to all the assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you and if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out our brethren everywhere who are left in the land of Israel and with them the priests and Levites who are in their cities and their common lands that they may gather together with us. David is an incredible leader, probably one of the best. He's gathering everybody together. There is something about when everybody comes together. Church is better with you. It's not just hype. It's not just energy. There is something that we cannot get when we are all alone. So, of course, the enemy wants to try to isolate you. That's what he did. He got Eve away from Adam, and he snuck in with the lie. And so everything again, everything will try to keep you from connecting and say, I will not let that happen. I'm going to the Easter egg hunt. Amen? I just did it again. I'm sorry, I plugged. I plugged. I'm going to Easter. I'm going to be a part of church. Don't let the lives of the enemy let you here today. Oh, Isaac's just trying to, you know, get people to come to church. I am. <laughs> Guilty. But what happens is the lie sneaks in and says, well, hold on. I can do something better. There's something better than church. He's gathering everybody. Verse 3 says, let us bring the ark of our God back to us, for we have not inquired of it since the days of Saul. Verse 7, so they carry the ark of God. The ark of God represents the presence of God. Is everybody with me? Brandon? Okay. On a new cart. That's a great idea. They built God a new cart from the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Then David and all of Israel played music. This is beautiful. Oh, what would it have been like to be there? And they worshiped with all of their might. You ever worship with all of your might? Yeah? I don't know if I have. I mean, not your heart. 
your might. I mean, that's... And singing, harps, string instruments, tambourines. We got to bring back the tambourine. I feel some tambourines come out of this section. I'm just kidding. Please don't bring your tambourines to church. I mean, bring them the silent tambourines. Amen? And trumpets. Now, when they came to Chidon's threshold floor, Uzzah, Uzzah puts out his hand. That's a good thing to do. To hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord, excuse me, was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand on the ark. And he died there before God. And David became angry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Therefore, that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of God that day. And he says, how can I bring the ark of God to me? In other words, do do young people still do that? My my son's just moving into teenage years. Whatever. I don't know if young people still say whatever. This is David saying whatever. Uh, Sorry, Mr. Perfect. So David would not move the ark to the city of David. But they took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in the house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Amen. Let's get into it this morning. I want to speak this morning on a hearing aid. Hearing aid. Um, God uses things and people to try to get our attention because we're not listening. He's speaking. I believe some of you are about to radically encounter the word of God this morning. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about outside of that. The Bible says that preaching is foolishness. So if you look at me and go like, I don't know if he's all that. That's cool. That's exactly what I'm supposed to be. Not all that. (laughs) But the word of God, the word of God, when it take root, will absolutely accomplish something that you and I could never accomplish. Are you ready for the word of God this morning? Amen? You ready for the word? You ready for the word? All right, let's go. Jesus, we thank you this morning for Easter. God, we thank you for this opportunity to, to preach the gospel with such grace, with such ease, with such just open heavens. Lord, in this country, in this time period, let us take advantage of all of the things you've given us, God, to invite people to church. Let us not be too cool, Lord, to step out and, and humble ourselves to invite people to church. It might not seem like they want it, but either did I when I was a young man. Either did I in certain seasons. But God, you, 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 you reach people through the preaching of the word. You said, how can someone know if someone's not sent? Go into all the world and, and preach the gospel. Lord, we thank you that there are different ways to preach and proclaim the name of Jesus. Whether it's an Easter egg hunt or a conversation or a prayer, God, it can look in different ways, as you did too. When you walk this earth, you connected to people. And God, we pray that we might preach the gospel, not someday, but today, this week, and this season. Let your name be glorified in this region, in this church, in our world, in our lives. Lord, and all over the world this Easter season, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. How many of you have kids? kids? How many of you want some kids and don't have kids? Are you sure? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. 
I love my kids. Bedtime, how many of you know bedtime can be interesting? Especially when they're just little, little love bugs. And uh, the evenings can take on, you know, just an incredible difficulty in trying to get them to bed. Especially when you and your wife have a planned Bible study in Song of Solomons. Amen? Just, just trying to take care of the word. And, and so we got to get the kids to bed so we can have our Bible study. And so I'm a good dad, right? I'm a loving dad. I'm a cool dad. And, uh, but I'm not just a friend of Jude and Trent. I'm a dad. So boys, bedtime. Come on. And all right, dad, cool. So I kind of do one, you know, blow of the trumpet. One kind of, hey, want to drive by. Hey, boys, bedtime. All right, Ed. We got it. Yeah, all right. all right. Okay, cool. Right? A couple minutes later. Hey, boys. And when I start bringing out their nicknames, they know that it's, all right, come on, let's get moving along. Juju Bean. For some reason, he's this little guy, and he, he, Jude was born. I wrapped, we, well, I didn't wrap him up. The nurses wrapped him up. And he just looked like this little bean. And I was holding him. I was like, bean. He's just a bean. So Juju. I don't know where Juju came from. Jude, Jude, short, Juju. Juju Bean. Bean machine. Bean machine. Now, when, he say, when I say bean machine, he knows. Son, come on, Bible study time for me and your mom. Let's go. Let's move it. Move it or lose it. And Trent's name is Tree Frog. He was born. He's like this little latched, latched on. So he's our little tree frog. He's our little frog. T-Burst. When he hears T-Burst, it's time. It, dad, dad means business. So I'll do a couple of those. And now it's past their bedtime, and I'm not happy. Okay, it's late, and their bedtime is midnight, amen, and it's past midnight. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and it is time to go to bed. There's an urgency in the air now because Carrie's getting tired. And the Bible study is, you know, it's teetering. It's hanging in the balance. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. So it's, t- it's serious. It's serious time. Son, so I'll come downstairs, right, and, and they're whatever, and, and watch the TV, and it's like, I'm mad. But I'm a grace guy. I'm like, What's, uh, what? what? Is, you're going to make me give you like 10 warnings? I'm not happy, boys. Let's go now. And they'll look at me. And they'll go, well, we tried. We, we tried. Anybody trying to serve God this morning? A few less hands. Like, oh, that's a bad answer. He's mocking it. Okay. Okay. Anybody trying to pray? Anybody trying to serve God? Anybody? Try? Could you imagine if you came to church this morning and the lights were out and they just, hey, sorry, we tried to pay the electric bill, but uh, man, I don't know. We told him our God owned a cattle on a thousand hills and he said he wanted real money. And we were just like, well, we prophesied to you in the name of Jesus that it's on its way. But they turned the lights out. We tried. Can you imagine if the worship team hadn't prepared any songs? And they're just kind of like, well, we tried. We don't have any music today. Ha! Well, what happened? Did you guys get together on Thursday nights? Yeah, we tried. Traffic. Whoa. <laughs> okay. We tried. Babe, I am trying to be faithful to you. Amen. Working on it. I'm trying. It's tough though, right? Can I get an amen from the men in the room? <laughs> it's a little weird. 
It's a little weird when it comes down to it, though, right? We're trying. See, it sounds good because we bought in to the lie. We bought in to the fact that this is so difficult, it is Mount Everest. Remaining sexually pure, good luck. I can't, so we try. I, a prayer life, it's Mount Everest, so I'm going to try. Serving, ministry, worship, forgiveness, love, faith, hope, friendship, community, vulnerability. Oh, it's Mount Everest. We cannot climb it. I don't got enough North Face gear. I'm not a climber. I like to watch the documentaries. I can't do it. Therefore, since I can't, I will try. But that means you're under law. See, under law, nobody could, no one except Jesus Christ could walk on planet earth and fulfill the law and walk according to the do's and don'ts. We cannot accomplish it. And so the truth of it is, is you can't. If you are under law, you cannot serve God, be right with God, discover who you are and walk in that. But thank goodness that God, Jesus Christ, fulfilled the law. He fully filled the law. And that's why if you've got Jesus in you, does anybody got Jesus in them this morning? Then that means you got the one who went to the cross and nailed my depression and nailed my anxiety and nailed my sickness and nailed every bit of me that, that failed at trying. He nailed it to the cross. And three days later, he got up. And when I said, Jesus, I need you, he came on the inside of me. And when I got Jesus, I got a winner. I got an overcomer. I got someone that said, it is finished. The work is finished. Some of you will get this. Some of you will get this. And you'll get excited because you no longer have to try. You no longer have to try. But see, we hear this and we go, oh, this is legalism. Isaac's saying, don't try. Well, excuse me. Like David, they're having a pity party. Excuse me. I tried to bring the presence of God in my life and it didn't work. Excuse me. I'm sorry. So we hear legalism as the voice of do better. Joel, are you trying to serve God? Yeah, but you're not. Yeah. So try harder. Commands, demands, reprimands, commands, demands. Right? But Jesus came to fulfill all of that so that when you receive Jesus, you receive the one who fulfilled every commandment. And he's not asking you to go to work. He's asking you to let him work and let him accomplish everything you need. So when we say we're trying... We're saying, oh, it's Mount Everest. I came here to preach, and I put on my Coldplay shirt, which is one of the only T-shirts I have, so you're going to see it a lot, but, but I need a few more T-shirts, amen, and I don't know why I said that, and I don't know why I'm preaching that with this type of voice, but I got up to tell you this morning, I got up to tell you this morning that you are not under law but you are under grace. You are under grace. He's not asking you to try. 
He's not asking you to try. You actually are on the precipice of victory. You thought you were staring at a financial Everest, a spiritual Everest, a romantic Everest, a relational Everest, but that is the lie of the enemy trying to get you back to work. And Jesus, Jesus came up out of the grave and defeated death and said, you don't need to. I don't want you to put down your plans, put down your works, put down your effort and pick up your cross, pick up your cross and follow me and receive my word I don't need you to work I need you to let me work I need you to let me work he nailed it to the cross and so there's David and there's Uzzah and they're riding the cart probably not that come on oxen and they're worshiping the context is not weird the context is not of a club. The, the context is not them doing something bad. They're doing something good. This is what's so confusing about it. Uzzah is doing something good. He's trying to help the cart not fall. What do you want me to do? What, what do you do when your best isn't working? What do you... What do you do when your greatest strength is your greatest weakness? David was worshiping and it wasn't working. What do you do when it's not working? What do you do? What do you what do you do when you're this isn't supposed to be happening? I don't have a context for this, says David, because every time I worship, God shows up and, and does something big. I'm used to worshiping when I'm alone in the field. I'm, I'm used to being ostracized by my parents, but finding God in the pasture, in the field. I'm used to finding God through worship. I'm used to awakening the dawn. I'm used to killing giants. I'm used to possessing the promises. I'm used to honoring souls. There's a lot that I could do, but I've never gone up against this. I, I don't understand because I, I know when I'm bad that I can expect bad things. See, when we're bad, we're cussing, we're fussing, we're, we're, we're offending, we're sinning, we're doing our thing, and bad things happen. We go, yeah, I got to make some changes. I got to get back to church. Oh, I got to get back. I got to get back. I got to get back. But when we're good and bad things happen, we go, whoa, 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 whoa. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But when I'm not a wretch and I'm a worshiper, I don't need amazing grace, right? Because I'm now a good person. I have worked my way into relationship with God that, that I wanna, I'm doing good things. Good things are supposed to be happening to me. And so we get confused because we become good and our worship becomes God. Our church attendance becomes God. Our events become God. And so when we serve this God and it doesn't hook us up, we get confused. We go, what happened? This shouldn't be working. I'm good. I'm, I'm praying. I'm trying to restore the ark. I have plans. I have, I have, you know, this is, this is good. I'm just trying to do something good. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then something bad happens and we go, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? This, this, why, why isn't this, this, why isn't my prayer working? I've been tithing now for two years and I've been serving I've been sowing, I've been worshiping, I've been getting vulnerable, 
I've been communicating. I've been trying to believe for restoration. I've been, I've been, what, what do you do when, when you are no longer a blessing to those around you? What, what do you, what do you do when, it, when this isn't, this isn't supposed to happen? What, what do you do when you're, when you're lost and, 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 and everything you've done is what, is what God has shown you what to do? He, he, he gave me worship. He, he gave me faith. He, he gave me this church. He, he gave me my wife. He gave me my health. He gave me everything that I have. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, not, it's not working. And, 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 and God is, is trying to show us that, that somewhere along the way we became workers more, more than faith people and we no longer needed God like we needed him when we were bad. But let me tell you this morning, it was grace that pulled you out of the pit and it was grace when you were on the mountaintop that got you married. Do you really believe you found the one out of billions of people or was it a God outside of time that led you? Was it God who gave you your job? Was it God who allowed you to be born? Was it God who gives you every breath? The answer is yes. But at some point when we become good, we no longer need God. And we look at our work and we go, whoa, it's not working. This Easter, you're more committed to invite more people to church than you ever have. And nobody shows up. (laughs) And you're like, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't Work. I keep, I keep loving my wife, and it's not working. I keep forgiving people, and it's not working. I keep trying. You ever tried in a conversation? Especially as a man, I'm going to open up here, my wife, I'm going to get vulnerable, and it backfires. And you're like, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. The enemy wants to get us back to work. <laughs> The enemy wants us to get back to being dependent. I keep falling over. Almost, thank you, brother. I just was seeing if you were there. <laughs> almost tore my ACL. I did fall off this stage on Mother's Day last year. <laughs> something about this, something about you that just draws out the word in me, and I lose myself. It's not working. It's not working. That's the law, is to look at yourself even when it's good. That's what's confusing to us. I'm not even a wretch. I'm not even cussing. I'm praising. And things are not working out. What do you do when your greatest strength is your greatest weakness? See, I got words. I got words for days. I could talk anybody up under the table. All day, any day, till midnight, one in the morning, Carrie's like, shut up. Go to bed. I'm like, I got one more thing to say. <sighs> Babe, it's from God. My weakness is, is shut up. Some of you have a strength, though, in administration. But you're trying to administrate your relationships. You're trying to administrate your life. And you need a bit of flexibility and a little bit of humility and a little bit of go with the flow. Some of you are so go with the flow that no one can depend upon you. So you get mad at people when they try to set a date and you keep canceling the coffee because God had different plans. And they can't depend upon you. And you can't connect with someone that you can never get with. Our strengths. I'm good at this. 
If David was anything, he was a worshiper. Every time he worshiped, things happened. He wrote the biggest book in the Bible. It anchors the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's a book of praise, 150 psalms. Not all written by David, but most. He literally is responsible for bringing our theological praise and worship into the old church, the modern church, and where we're going. It's what he did. And when what you do and all that you know does not produce the results, we get confused. We get confused. What, what happened? What happened? And like David, he got angry. And he said, well, why did I even try? You ever been there? Why do I even try? I know none of you have thrown a, a pity party. <laughs> the biggest pity parties are not when people do something to you. It's when you do something good and things get worse. That'll test your faith. And you go, I don't understand. Because see, God is trying to show David it's not necessarily about what he's doing. Because see, that's what we all want, right? We want life change. I want to be able to get out of debt. I want to be able to have a prayer time in my, my, my I want to be able to have this at home. I, I want to be able to preach the gospel with ease, right? I want to be able to encourage my wife or my husband when, when they need it. I, I, I want to be able to know what to say to my kids. I want to, I want to figure out how, how to, how to, to, to walk in my, in my purpose and my destiny. And the truth of it is, 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 is you are a lot closer than you think this morning because it's the enemy that comes in and says, it's Everest. It's Everest. You're never going to have a prayer life. You're never going to have a prayer life. You're never going to have a church life. It's a big deal. And so what we do is we say, I can try to do all things through Christ. When that's not the word, it's I can do all things through Christ. I can do. Why? Because Christ wants to do them. What if all of that just fell this morning and all of a sudden you saw your prayer life like never before? Not condemnation. When are you going to pray? Are you going to get up tomorrow and pray? Like, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. What, what if this was, do you know Christ is in you? Yeah. Yeah. A prayer life's easy. You're, you're literally going to hear the voice of God in a way you never heard it. You're going to wake up tomorrow with resurrection life. And, 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 and you're going to be praying going, this is awesome. The only reason we try and we don't walk in something is because we think it's bigger and it's impossible more than we could have ever imagined. So we walk in intimidation. And so there's David. He's worshiping. They're praying. They're dancing. And someone dies. And David goes, whoa, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. This isn't fair. And so what we do is we walk away from, from situations that God is trying to bring something about in our lives. Because right now you might be in a season, church, that it is not right now about what you're doing. Did you know that your worship was for you? Your gift was for you. This church is for you. Your salvation is for you. I know it's for other people, but God gave it to you as a gift. 
He gave it to you as a gift. Not to work God. Not to turn God into a genie. Not to figure out that you are God. You are not in control. When did we stop needing God? When we became good. We stopped needing God. We stopped needing God. And, and, and God's speaking to David. David, you need me. I need him. I need him in the valley. I need him in the mountain. I need him in the pasture. I need him in the palace. And actually, the truth of it is, is you need him more in the palace than you do the pasture. Why? Because you now are a part of the Goody Two Shoes Club. And good works, good works are such a barrier between bad people, sinners, and God. That's why the Pharisees didn't need God. I don't need it. Thanks, but no thanks. And sinners everywhere flocked to Jesus. So David's having a pity party. David's having a pity party, and he's angry because something died, because someone died. Wherever there is death in your life this morning is revealing where you need faith the most. Whatever is dead is where God's trying to speak to you this morning. Is, is your marriage dead? I know you're still married. You stay together for the kids. Good job. But right now, there's really no A's for effort. Because <laughs> we come from a long line of triers. We come from the tribe of triers. Just to try and, just to try to do my best. And so when you get in a fight with someone, what do we say to each other? Well, I tried. I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that's what you needed. So many of our fights are because Carrie's a sinner. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So am I. So many things, I, I just... I just, I just never heard it. And, and, and when you get into like something small about taking out the garbage or cleaning the house or whatever it might be, is what do we end up saying? I didn't know. Sorry, I didn't know that taking out the garbage was such a big deal to you. And we put it on each other. Oh, I didn't know you were so needy. I tried. I tried to call you. Hey, I tried to text you. Hey, I almost did. Almost. I'm working on it. I'm trying. God is showing David at this moment, this is not about what you're doing. This is about what you're not doing. There, there comes a point what, what you don't know isn't, isn't good enough. That the fact that you don't know it is not an excuse anymore. There comes a point in your marriage that when you don't know something, you, you, better, you better know. You, there comes a point with your kids, you're going to lose them if you don't figure out how to know it. You, you, and God provides through his word and through his grace a way out and a way to receive his word. But we're too busy being too good. We're too busy blaming. We're too busy being self-righteous to hear what God has because we're trying. And so some of us are dying on the island of trying this morning. I'm trying. Hey, is your family being restored? Trying on it. Working on it. How's your marriage? Trying. Trying. I so feel this this morning, just as a pastor. It might not preach good, but I'm telling you this morning, 
It's time for us to put away the try. Men, there's some men in this room that, that, that listen, it, it's not that there isn't any points for you trying, but, but God wants you to know that you, you come from a long lineage of triers, but, but you also come from another lineage in the Bible. There's, there's the blood of Jesus inside of you. And so if we were to take your blood this morning, we, we would find the blood of Jesus and the, and the spiritual lineage that you have is stronger than the physical lineage that you have. I know you come from a long line of abuse and a long line of dysfunction, a long line of dads and moms. Well, I tried to get to your game and I tried to love you and I tried to provide for you. And that's a lie from the enemy that tells you you have to have that. You also come from a long line of biblical heroes that were broken and despondent and outcast, but they came to the cross and said, Jesus, I can't, but you can. Would you come on the inside of me and wash me with your blood and fill me with the Holy Ghost? And I know that I was nailed with you on the cross on Good Friday. Would there come some resurrection life three days later? I want you to take over. I want you to take over. And I can do all things through Christ. Why? It's Christ who does it. So all of a sudden, your try gives way to faith, and you start to believe like you never have. I can pray. I can get out of debt. I can forgive. I can connect. I can know who I am through Christ. I'm not called to do it anyways. And so we got death. We got death. And David's having a pity party. Until he finds out that Obed-Edom is being blessed. Someone comes and says, hey, uh, David, um, yeah, the ark has been with Obed-Edom for three months, and like everything is being blessed. I mean, it's off the charts. And what does David do? David starts to have faith, and he goes from, well, I tried We tried to do something good. I did my best. I did all that I knew how to do, and it didn't work. And God was trying to speak to him about something he didn't know, or he kind of knew, but he just presumed, and he kind of stepped out on his own thing, and God is speaking to him. And I'm telling you, what used to annoy you about other people being blessed is about to reignite some faith in you like never before. And when you used to see other people get a new car, get a new job, get some new faith, it used to irritate you because it reminded you of where you failed and how you tried, but it didn't work out. But in David, it busted him from a pity party back to the praise party. And he said, Said, what? Obed's getting blessed. That's my blessing. That's my blessing. And when you start to see the blessings around you and it no longer makes you bitter, but you begin to get fresh faith, you know that you're beginning to listen. God will send blessing around you as a hearing aid. So everything that used to irritate you, come on, church, let's worship and dance. I tried that. Come on, church. Let's sow financially into the kingdom of God. As if that works. Let's serve. Let's get vulnerable. Let's pray. Let's forgive. Let's worship. 
Let's see the kingdom of God advance. Let's be a part of the church that overcomes the gates of hell. Let's preach the gospel. And we are all too busy because there's death and there's a spirit of we tried. When's the last time someone encouraged you in your area of failure? What came out of your mouth? Hey, call your mom and say you love her. And and have a conversation. What comes out of your mouth? Same thing that came out of David's mouth. I tried that. I tried. And God has given you fresh faith this morning. This is one of David's lowest moments. Because it's a personal failure. And you know, I don't want to get vulnerable again. I don't want to try again. But then all of a sudden, God started blessing Obed-Edom with David's blessing. See, when you start to see people's blessing and you, and you start to get faith, you start to know you're listening. Because God's showing you what he tried where he's taking you, where he wants to take you. And so you no longer see that new car and despise it. You take it as a word from God that he's trying to bring you to a place that you don't have to have a broke down car your entire life. When God surrounds you with people that love each other, God is trying to show you that your marriage doesn't have to be like the ones you grew up in. God is trying to take you into healthy relationship. That's why he surrounded you. That when, when, you, when you see people worship and praise like this, some of you are being reminded of the failures in your life and the music lessons that you quit and the classes that you quit. But that the devil is a liar. God is trying to show you. He's trying to get your attention to snap you out of your pity party and say, come back, son. Come back, daughter. I'm trying to show you and get your attention for what I have for you. And you know you're listening. God, just be honest. Starting a church is like one of the hardest things I've ever done. The reason we're doing Instagram now is because I didn't want to do it six years ago. Why? Because I hated it. I don't want to see churches full of thousands of people and resource when we had 12 people in our house. I hated it. I didn't want to see it. And some of you, you see stuff on social media and we pull back the teenage suicide rate amongst teenage girls is off the charts. And I hate it. I hate it, obviously. We have this love-hate with technology that is in our, our generation. But what the devil doesn't know is that God can use all things and turn all things together. And he can say what you used to see as FOMO, what you used to see on someone having a holiday, someone on vacation, someone out to dinner, when you can take that by grace and say, God, I'm just crazy enough to believe that you're trying to show me what you have for me. It's just not that Obed-Edom's being blessed. You're trying to get my attention and snap me out of my dysfunction and the lies and the pity and the fear. You're not asking me to try. You're asking me to to let you take over everything. And so we no longer try. We say, you know what? I come from a long line of triers. I'm going to put it down this morning. I'm going to pick up the cross. I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. And it says that David, he threw an even crazier worship party. And it says in First Chronicles, he wiped his tears, First Chronicles 15, 13. And David says, for because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. See, Uzzah died because of grace. Because many more people would have died if David didn't say, hold on. See, one, you see the blessing, you come out of your pity party, you got to go find the word. What don't I know about raising kids? I got to find a mom in this room. I got to humble myself. Young moms, you got to humble yourself and find an imperfect mom in this room and say, I need some help. I need some help with my finances. I need some help from, you got to humble yourself and you got to go find out what you don't know. And David went and found out, you can't carry the presence of God in the cart. He go, I kind of, I kind of, man, whoo, it's painful. The collateral damage of our decisions, whoo, but there's grace. God's trying to speak to David. David, I know, I know you wanted it. I know, I know your heart, but there comes a point where you got to know what you don't know. You got to know what you don't know. Come back to my word, seek it out, and you will discover that I don't want a new cart. I need the Levites. I've already got the plan figured out. I don't need your plan. I don't need your ideas. I need you to listen and open up and let me speak to you my word. My presence needs to be carried. My presence needs to be carried because for generations to come, you represent the tribe of Judah, the tribe that lifts up the name of Jesus. I'm not going to the cross for people's stuff. I'm going to the cross for people. My presence needs to be carried. My presence needs to be carried. My presence needs to be carried. And David goes, God, we got it wrong. We're coming back to your word. Show me what I don't know. Show me what I don't know. I want your word. I need your word. See, what you don't know about raising your kids, what you don't know about finances, God's beginning to whisper in your ear, and he's trying to get you to stop. And so I know you're a worshiper. I know you go to Activate Church and you're even thinking about serving and going to two services. Awesome. But that doesn't give you points with me. That just, that's for you. I'm stirring your gift. It's for you. I'm showing you how to forgive. It's for you. I'm teaching you how to be vulnerable. It's for you. I'm teaching you how to step out in faith and preach the gospel. That's for you. It's for you. It's what I want to give to you as a free gift. But you've got to always be in a place of saying, God, I need your word. I need your word. I need your presence. I need your grace. I need you. Speak for your servants listening. Now I realize God's got me surrounded. He's always speaking to me. He's always speaking to me. I remember when me and Carrie had little toddlers and we go out to a restaurant and me and Carrie just trying to talk. We're just like, yeah, babe. Jude. Jude's like, he's like three. I'm like, play with your toys. So anyways, I'm thinking about painting the bathroom. 
we had to stop and listen. And me and Carrie literally looked at it. Look, we looked at each other and went, maybe we should tune, tune into our kids right now. And we can't talk with them. But maybe God's trying to show us how to connect with our kids right now. I have all the good ideas in the world. I'm learning to put them down, and I'm learning to listen. What used to irritate me about certain pastors and preachers, I now love it because God's trying to expose me to a different level and a new way of thinking, and now I'm starting to discover that I got to know what I don't know. I need to find it's no longer good enough to say I tried. I'm doing my best. That's a lie from the enemy withholding from me full faith in what God has for me in my marriage, in my family, in my ministry, in this church. I want to be an open portal to listening from God saying, God, speak to me. And God began to speak to Samuel when he was a young boy, and he didn't know the voice of God. So he went to Eli, because when you start to listen to the voice of God, it'll sound like your mentor. It'll sound like yourself. It'll sound like your mom. It'll sound like your dad. And Eli told him to go back and say, God, speak for your servants listening. i got to close, but some of you, your lives are about to change. Because you're no longer going, i got to. I gotta, you know, hear from God. God, speak to me. God said, I'm speaking. You're not listening. I'm listening. I'm, I'm speaking. I've got you surrounded. I'm gonna make it so hard for you to not hear me. But some of the most stubborn people in the world are the most religious because we're good and we don't need God. I've been to orphanages in Africa. I'm not a bad person. I don't need God as much as some of you. When we're wretches, we need grace. But when we're worshipers, we'll take it or leave it. And so God had to get the attention of David for the sake of the nation, for the sake of the cross. And said, David, my presence has got to be carried on the shoulders of Levites. And David said, yes, God. Your servant is listening. And he ramped up the praise party. And is this where we get our scripture that David was whirling? Not only will your new praise party precede and go beyond your praise party that you had before your pity party, you're about to have a praise party that makes all praise parties and all pity parties to shame. David went absolutely nuts. Stand with me this morning. The key... The key is to listen. Some of you are going to start to listen in your marriage, and your marriage is about to have a breakthrough. You're about to go home and say, speak. Your husband is listening. Wives, have faith. Don't say, yeah, I already tried that. I already tried to talk to you. Say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Speak. Your husband's listening. Speak. Your father's listening. Speak. Your friend is listening. God, speak. Your servant is listening. 
Just give me, just give me two more minutes. We're going to sing this right now. I believe that your ears and our ears are about to open to the word of God like they never have. And God, I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ came to planet earth for 30 years and he listened. For 30 years he listened. He listened for 30 years. Only three years did he begin to preach and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, we got to listen. We got to listen. We got to tell the world we're listening. We got to tell our families we're listening. Lord, we're listening. Speak. Your servant is listening. We're listening, Lord. We're listening. We're listening. We need you. Oh, we need you. Oh, does anybody need him? Does anybody need him in this place? Oh, does anybody need him? Say, speak. Oh, does anybody need him? Oh, does anybody need him? Lord, we need your word. We need your word. We need your word. Speak to me, God. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Oh, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening, Lord. 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 Somebody give him some praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. That's why this word isn't legalism, it's love. I'm telling you the thing that changed my prayer life, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm a wretch just as much as any sinner or any saint. But I'm telling you, get a hold of this revelation. You'll wake up tomorrow, not out of good works, but out of a dependence upon God and say, God, I need to hear you. I can't start my day without the word of God. Speak. Your servant is listening. I come to church every Sunday, not because it's my job, but I need to hear from God. Speak. Your servant's listening. We're going down to the park this Saturday to let people know the church is listening. We represent a God who came to earth to say, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear the cry of broken people to say, we can't fulfill the law. We can't try any longer. And Jesus said, it's finished. I'm not asking you to come to me. I come to you and close the gap. I'm now on the inside of you. Would you let me take over? Would you let me take over? 
Would you let me plant my word? Would you put faith back in my word? Would you, I know you failed. I know you tried. I know it didn't work out. I know, I, know, I know there's some death. But would you open up your heart once again and let the incorruptible seed, would you let the word of God that said, let there be light and there was light, would you let the word become flesh, Jesus Christ, take up residence in you like never before in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your body and say, God, speak to me like you never spoke. I'm listening like I've never listened. Lord, your servant is listening. He who has ears, let him hear. Give me your word. Jesus, speak. God's speaking to people throughout this room about your future, about who you are. God, speak to me. That's why he gave us this word so that we could judge what we're listening to is from God or not. So we get to listen and go, oh, okay, that wasn't God. All right. (laughs) I heard this voice that told me to do something crazy and say something crazy and But then you start to hear the voice of God and you start to see it in word and see it in scripture. And all of a sudden, the word of God takes root. And it's through the word that you can do anything. And so we no longer quote, I can try all things through Christ. We now allow the word of God take root and our confession becomes, oh, I tell you what, I can pray through Christ. I can give through Christ. I can worship through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through the word of God, you're about to have strength like you've never had. Through the word, you're about to have peace like you never had. You're about to have a breakthrough like you've never had because of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give him some praise this morning. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's invite more people than we have ever into church next week. We're about to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ like we never have. I'm believing for resurrection life to come upon every area of our life like it never has through the word. Amen. Walk in freedom this week. Invite people with freedom. Talk about Jesus with freedom. We're going to go down to the park and do an Easter egg hunt in the name of Jesus in freedom, lifting up the name that is above every name. Amen. I love you. Hey, come up for some prayer if you need it. This, This area will be open for prayer. We love you. Have an incredible week.